This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. This week's episode is brought to you by Talenti Gelato and Sorbetto. So Talenti has created a website called flavorize.us where you can go and see if you were a flavor of Talenti Gelato, what flavor you would be. And it was kind of funny. I just did it. And like it, it has you choose from among all these like uh, emoticon faces, like which one best represents your current mood. And I kind of clicked on the one that was like, I don't know, maybe like like kind of mildly happy, sort uh-huh. of like blushingly happy. And I was wondering what would happen if I clicked on the sad one. Like, oh, like what flavor would it give me? Like, sad sob berry or like, <laughs> that, is that a thing? S- s- strawberry sob berry? Sob berries are definitely a, a thing you don't want to eat. They are so moist. But so, Very so I did it. I got kiwi muesli. <laughs> I got coffee liqueur pie crust. Um, I'm 46% sweet. I'm more sweet than any other attribute. I'm I'm many percent wonderful. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, to create your own sweet and wonderful flavor, go to flavorize.us and also eat some Talenti Gelato. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. <laughs> this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, I'm starting the show by myself while Matthew is hustling around the kitchen to open some cans of beets because I have to leave here very shortly to get my child from school. But by God, listener, we are determined to bring a beet episode to you. I think we're going to eat these out of the can. That's all we have time for, folks. So let's start talking about this. I'm going to go down memory lane. So I feel like Beats, <laughs> Matthew is delighted by, whoa, he's pouring beet juice into the sink, everybody. Looks exactly like blood. It does look exactly like blood if you are a beet. Uh, anyway, so I feel like beets were just like relegated to uh, the trash heap until maybe like the mid 90s. Right, Matthew? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I remember. So my parents liked throwing dinner parties and like open houses and stuff. And so there was this caterer that they sometimes used who then I wound up working for as a teenager. Have I ever mentioned how much I love catering? Like, I know I love being a cater waiter. I mean, people always talk to you like you're stupid. 
But I like choose being a cater waiter. I really enjoy it. Like somebody has a special occasion and it is my job to make it the best it can be. And I just get one shot at it. And I love that. You're not throwing away your shot. What? When was the last time this happened? Oh, uh, maybe five years ago. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We have a couple of friends with catering companies and I've always been happy to like be called into service. That, I, I want to see this. I want a photo of this. I want to see this in action. Yeah, I like kind of making myself invisible, but being able to like make somebody's night really good. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, when you're on this show, you're invisible in the sense that people can only hear but your But I'm voice. making your night real good. Exactly. Anyway, so uh, there was this caterer who my parents sometimes used. Gosh, this sounds really upper crusty. I, whatever. <laughs> I'm just going to own it. Yep. Go for it. And... She, her name was Linda Tripp, not to be confused with Linda oh, Tripp no. of the Monica Lewinsky, oh, Bill no. Clinton thing. Different Linda Tripp, different Linda Tripp. But my parents at some point through her, I think, got into beets again and like doing beet salads with like goat cheese or blue cheese. Like, uh, yeah. And and Brandon and I actually served uh, beet, beets with, um, God, these beautiful, beautiful tiny beets at our wedding with blue cheese and something else as kind of like a salad. Um, but yeah, I think of beets and goat cheese as extremely 90s. Like, yes. oh my God, like the Wolfgang Puck layered beet cake thing that was like layers of beet and goat cheese. Do you know the thing I'm talking about? I don't about? know the thing you're talking about, but, and I'm sure the way I'm envisioning it, which is, I'm envisioning it as sort of like a cross between an a, uh, icebox cake and a caprese salad. Exactly. Is, really? Exactly. Oh, I was going to say was that's like, obviously wrong. No, it was like, a, it was like layers of... Uh, you know, stacked, stacked uh, one on top of the other of um, beets and goat cheese. It was like a like a terrine almost. Wow. I mean, it was so 90s and also so delicious. I'm so glad, Beets, that you were brought back from the trash heap. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't realize there was a beet trash heap. And here's here's the reason <laughs> why. Here's my beet memory lane. Both of my ha- parents hate beets, I think, more than they hate anything else. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yes. Like, uh, not, more than they not hate just, injustice? I was just going to say. Racism? Misogyny? I, well, I homophobia? Think they're opposed to all of those things. Let me be clear. But beets might sneak to the top of the list. Really? Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, God. There there I go again, making clicking noises into the microphone. Abby, our producer, hates it when I pound my fork on anything. Uh, no, it's, it's uh, I, I outrank her. <laughs> and, and I say it's okay. While we're tasting beets, let's talk about your memory lane. Right. So that's, that's it. I never tasted a beet until I was a grown-up because mm-hmm. I had been indoctrinated to believe that they were some sort of like satanic under root, uh, you know, grown, <laughs> grown in the bowels of hell. It's and, amazing. And it turns out they're, they're kind of, they're, they're not, almost like that. It's, well, it's not just, yeah, it turns out that they are evil, <laughs> but also delicious like so many things. Yeah. I feel like beets were a pretty normal thing in my upbringing, although, you know, maybe not till I was a teenager or so. Oh yeah. You cannot, you should not introduce people to beets too young. You no, know. it can be really traumatic. You got to do it the right way. Yeah. Have you talked to your child about beets yet? Can I tell you a funny story about beets? <laughs> yes, please. A funny off color story about beets, which will surprise no one that I'm about to tell an off color 
Rockefeller story. Why? So, why so Molly? My cousin, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Um, she did her junior year in southern France. And there was a class, like, I guess as part of her French class, the students were all encouraged to come in with any, like, language issues that they were having or something that, like, they hadn't understood. Oh, right? sure. So one of the students in her class came in one day and was like, I was having dinner with my host family last night and I said something that really upset them and I don't understand what it was that I said. Wow, I, and don't, I don't know where this so is going at all. So apparently the host mother had made a beet salad and she brought it to the I table. I see where this is going. She I brought think. it to the table and this young American woman just thought she was being really kind and, and enthusiastic and she goes, oh, j'adore les beets. Oh, that's not what I... Okay, wait, I forgot you said it was an off-color story. I do know what that means. Yeah, so in French, beat is is vulgar slang for male genitalia. So she's like, thank you so much. I love dicks. Or <laughs> yeah. right, I love this cock salad. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the word, for, the French word for beat is actually, it's kind of hard for me to say, betterave. Yeah, I tried to say it last night. <laughs> It's, um, it's difficult to say. In a romantic say. context. And no, um, I, I tried to remember what it was. <laughs> Were you it, like, j'adore les betteraves? But yeah, so now I always feel a little bit funny when I say beats because I also know yeah. that I'm saying something really naughty in French. Yeah, and I bet, and I bet you like it. I do. <laughs> I, I don't remember when I was first when I first like had the courage to actually taste this thing that had been demonized my entire childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but it turned out, you know, they, they taste earthy. They're kind of sweet. Uh, they get stains on everything. Oh, but it's they're pretty but, stains. Yeah, Such exactly. Pretty stains. Um, so what do you do with beets? I mostly roast them and then either serve them as a hot side dish or make them into a salad. And I see that you roast yours whole and then you peel the skin off. Let's I, talk about that. Yeah, because uh, once once you roast them, the skins slide off pretty easily. And so I don't see any reason to bother peeling them yeah. beforehand. I don't, I don't think it makes a difference in flavor, probably. And, and you roast yours in like a 400 degree oven and you wrap each one in a in aluminum foil individually? Yeah. yeah, although would anything bad happen if I wrapped all of them in foil or left off the foil? I doubt it. So it's kind of like steam roasting, really. It's kind of like steam roasting. So I have done different things with beets. It's that's, kind of like broasting. That's how I learned how to... I think you mean roasting. <laughs> um, that's how I learned how to roast beets. But then the... Wait, w- Oh, oh, the way I did is the way you yeah, learned, but you're about to tell that's me That's how I learned. But then I discovered that like a whole bunch of people do it in all kinds of different ways. Can you believe people do it in different ways? No, I thought everybody did it exactly the same way. Yeah. Well, I'm here to tell you people do it in different ways. And some people put like a little bit of water in the bottom of a baking dish mm. and then put the beets in there and then cover the whole baking dish with foil. So like kind of a more like wet steam. Sure. A more wet steam. <laughs> um I have so the the caterer who catered our wedding did the beets um, with the skin on and cut them into wedges and roasted them that way. Oh yeah! And I mean these were really young, like you know, precious beets. <laughs> these were wait, preci- wait, 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 precious, wait. precious farmers market beets. Like I think the skin can sometimes taste kind of muddy or dirty wait, or bitter. Stop! I have two questions. Uh, is precious beets like a term for like a type of beets? No, you, you were just. I was talking about the fact that these were like hand selected. Sure. Beets straight out of the field. Straight out of the God, bowels of precious. hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and were you a cater waiter at your own wedding? <laughs> I was not, but I might have been more comfortable if I had done. <laughs> yeah, that. sure. No, might yeah, have a little bit less on display. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and so so uh, I roasted a golden beet. How do you feel about the golden versus the red beets? You know, mm, sometimes mm. I think that I really 
prefer the golden ones. They have a slightly different, almost like milder flavor, but I don't really know. I don't know if I have a strong, clear opinion about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think I do either. They taste pretty much the same to me. So I often buy the golden ones because I had a really scarring experience uh, with beet stains where I tracked some beets all over the rug. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Like, wow. I, I really blew it there. Uh, this reminds me of a time. It looked, it looked more like a crime scene than anything else I've ever been involved in. This reminds me of a time when I was staying at my friend Francis, Francis Lamb, former mm-hmm. guest of yeah. the show. I was staying at uh, the apartment that Francis Lamb was then in, uh, thanks to his wife, Christine and Francis, who let me stay there. Wow, this is getting awkward. I just spit beat on my microphone. I'm really glad you clarified all of that. Anyway, but I stubbed. So they had gone out of town. I was staying at their apartment by myself. Nice. I stubbed my toe on like a floorboard, but I didn't notice that it was bleeding. And I went and I like went to go brush my teeth in the bathroom or whatever. And at one point I looked down and there was like blood everywhere. Oh, no. And when I went back out, I noticed that I had like tracked blood because after I stubbed my toe, I went the, I went over to the window to look out the window because there was a noise and I tracked blood all the way through their bedroom and then back to the bathroom. And I thought that I cleaned it all up. But later, Francis was like, did you get hurt while you were staying at our house? Like, there oh, was, there was he's a he's blood a on our bedroom fan. floor. He's a forensic scientist. But at least I could be like, yeah, I stubbed my toe and not like. I got my period. Or or like, I killed a man. Or I killed a man. Yeah, but you could have said it was beets. Mm-hmm. I could have said it was beets. Now you know, for mm-hmm. next time. Mm-hmm. Next time you, you leave a bloody trail. Francis and Christine, I'm so sorry that I tracked blood through your bedroom. Oh. And, and Lori, I'm sorry for that time I tracked beets all over the carpet. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Third Love. Third Love's 24-7 t-shirt bra may be the most comfortable bra you'll ever own. Yep, it's super smoothing. It's it's invisible. I mean, unless you don't want it to be. Is it literally invisible? <laughs> like you, you open the box and it appears to be an empty box? Uh-huh, and then you put it on and your breasts are just more pert, but uh, otherwise you look like you're naked. I mean, it is the ideal bra. Uh, Most of what we just said is not true. true. The true part is it's extremely comfortable. It is invisible under clothing. Mm -hmm. Except Um, except if you want to let the strap show. And I kind of recommend that you let the strap show because it's beautiful. It's pleated. The the, the hardware, it seems wrong to talk about hardware on a bra. mm -hmm. I feel like we're talking about like a... Like hammers and bolts and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, the hardware is gold plated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's gold. It's got gold-plated hammers. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying. It's not silver. It's not copper. <laughs> so by process of elimination, it's gold. And it looks great. It does look great. Matthew, have you ever had a bra where the hook and I sort of dug into your back? Um, no, I've had the experience of having it be difficult to unhook the hook and I. <laughs> well, I think these are still a little difficult to unhook. Well, I mean, they, should, really they should be a little difficult. It, it, you know, uh, the, the hook and I are foam padded, so they never dig into my back. Like, I really like this bra, and I'm not just saying that. I guess what we're saying is it looks great if people can see it. It looks great <laughs> if people can't see it. <laughs> right? It looks great. It feels great on your body. It feels it, great off your body. It feels great off your body. It might, you know, it stays on your body, maybe even when you're whoever might want to take it off. 
<laughs> that does not sound like a selling point. No. I mean, it's not armor. <laughs> it's the chastity belt of bras. It's not. Okay. Anyway, great. We can't use this. No, this this will not make you want to be chased. This bra will make you want to be unchased. Exactly. Uh, so to get a free trial of the 24-7 t-shirt bra, go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk. They will send you one, and you can try it out for 30 days. Uh, cut off the tags, wash it, do what you do. Mm-hmm. And if you love Love it, keep it, and they'll charge your card. If you don't love it, just send it back. It'll be free to send it back, and your card won't be charged. So for that free trial, go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk. Can we talk about the fact that in France, and probably some other countries, it is almost impossible to buy beets raw. Like, even when I go to, like, the outdoor, like, neighborhood market, which is not necessarily the same as a farmer's market, but even going to, like, the outdoor neighborhood market, beets come already cooked. What? It's almost impossible. I mean, unless you're probably in, like, a small town at the farmer's market in a small town or maybe at the organic market in Paris where everything is a little bit more precious and you can find your precious beets. It's really hard to find raw beets in France. And then I think to myself, well, who needs a raw beet anyway, when pretty much anything I would want to do with a beet requires cooking? Because I'm just not that big into like raw beet salads. Um, Grated yeah, I've, beets. I've tried it once or twice and I, I don't really get the point either. I don't really get but it. But maybe maybe it's like raw kale where like all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, I suddenly get it. Maybe. We can all hold out hope for that. Right. So I just opened a... Uh, Oh God! Oh, there's uh, been a there's been a beet juice incident. Oh yes, uh, we'll post a photo of the incident. Uh, I just opened some pre cooked beets that I got from Trader Joe's. So let's try. Oh, and I also we we've been trying some canned beets and some pickled canned beets. Uh, the are, pickled canned beets are delicious. Yeah, not bad at all. So good. Like I I would like willingly keep eating these. The canned beets, the canned sliced beets are fine. Yeah, they're they're they're, they're not. They're kind of mushy, but they're far from the worst canned vegetable. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But these canned pickled beets are delicious. Yeah, these are Santiam brand classic fancy pickled curly sliced beets. Whoa. And they were, they were, they're good and they were like 89 cents. Yeah, I, I am kind of feeling a lot more love for beets than I thought I would like five minutes ago. Whoa. Oh my God. And now I'm feeling a lot less. Oh boy. There's a, there's a beet here like in a pool of its own blood. When you say there's an outdoor neighborhood market that's not a farmer's yeah, market, I, know, it's I don't confusing. know what you're talking about. It's like a whole bunch of produce vendors. Who are, who are not farmers, but like, you know, they buy. Yeah, yeah. Produce okay. vendors and, um, and you know, like cheese vendors and stuff like that. And some of them are selling like industrial cheese, for instance. Sure. I guess what you're sort of describing is like the inside, indoor part of Pike Place Market. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Never mind. It just happens that, like, you know, these are, like, neighborhood things that happen once or twice a week. So, and some of them are, like, producers, but a lot of them are just distributors. So, interestingly, I'm tasting the, the pre-cooked refrigerated beets from, from Trader Joe's. I'm not, Ooh. I'm not liking these very much. I think they're undercooked. Mm, I think they're undercooked, and they just kind of taste like dirt. Oh, it is nothing compared to the beet you roasted. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eat a pickled beet to get this out of my mouth. So, I don't know how I feel about, you know, there's a part of me that's like, well, great. I'll just buy my beet pre-roasted. It makes everything easier. But... I think kind of like all other things, Yes, having control over it, like how you buy it and how you cook it, does make a difference. Um, yeah, no, d- definitely the, the home roasted beet is the best of the bunch, but a pickled canned beet is not a bad thing by any means. 
this I think this is our first time resuming an episode that we had to bag halfway through. Yeah, let's see how it goes. Because because of a an emergency that we got really hungry for pudding. <laughs> yeah, that was totally what it was. Um, so previously on Spilled Milk, now we don't need to do that because you just heard it, you listeners. Yeah. We, we didn't. We don't remember what happened. <laughs> we don't either. This was days ago when we started eating beets. And we're still (laughs) mentally eating the same beets. (laughs) You know, mentally, aren't we always eating the same beets? Well, you know what I know is to craft a narrative, you have to hit the right beets. Ah. And that's what we're doing right here. So we had talked about pickled beets Mm -hmm. and how canned pickled beets were really tasty. Mm -hmm. But we haven't talked about like beet salad or like stuff that's good with beets or beet greens. Right. So after our uh, initial foray into the world of beets the other day, um, I had some leftover cooked beets and I just um, I had one in the fridge, a roasted beet. I cut it into dice. Uh, I rolled the dice. I cut it into dice. Mm-hmm. I tossed it with. Uh, did you did you put the dice uh, like in your rearview mirror on your rearview mirror? <laughs> I put the dice in my rearview mirror because <laughs> I've left my crap playing days behind. Like I just don't do that anymore unless unless I really baby really needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> oh, God, come on. <laughs> Um, Yeah, um, my daughter's feet are like almost as big as mine now. It's kind of scary. I'm still working on that song lyric. What is it? The license plate said fresh and it had dice in the mirror. Is that from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Yes. Okay, yes, it is. The license plate said fresh and it had dice in the mirror. It was a taxi cab that he got like on his way to Bel-Air. Yeah, I always forget that song completely and then it starts to come back (laughs) like like a memory that's been uh, buried under sheaves. And then it buries you. And then it buries me in nostalgic waves. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go on. So you, you diced it. I diced it. That's as far as we got. I tossed it with some sherry vinegar, olive oil, and coarse salt and served it as a side dish with whatever we had for dinner that night. That's uh, so and it was smart. great. God, okay. This makes me want to go buy some beets. Because really, that it was really fascinating to eat that freshly roasted golden beet next to the, uh, you know, the the pre-cooked beet from Trader Joe's. Like, it was so sweet and so mild and subtle. Like, I wonder if a lot of what, like, people don't like about beets Such is, as my parents, remember? Such as are... your parents. Like, I wonder if, you know, like, are they just stuck in, like, some sort of era of, like, canned beets or something? Because as we discovered, as we discovered, the pickled canned beets were quite nice the sliced canned beets were like eh. yeah yeah i think eh. i think that could be what it is on the other hand you know it's one of those things where like uh, if you hate a food and someone comes to you and says like well i've got the version that you'll like you know you're going to uh, just have a knee-jerk reaction, like, no, I'm not. That's right. That That is... So the, speaking speaking for my parents, I'm, I'm basically <laughs> what I'm saying is that, that my parents are narrow-minded beat haters. Yeah, yeah. But very uh, progressive on every other issue. Yeah, great. I'm glad we redeemed that. So other things that I do with beets yes, personally. Please. So um, I, it, sometimes instead of like sherry vinegar, I would use lemon juice. Yeah. Um, beets are really good with cherries, so wow. yeah, I didn't so expect you to say that. so anyway, like if you were doing a beet salad, um, I, I like a beet salad um, that maybe has uh, like cucumber, like baby lettuces, uh, maybe some sort of cheese like feta or goat cheese. You can throw a few fresh cherries in there that have been pitted and halved. Like that's kind of delicious. Interesting. That's a I see now. I have a narrow-minded you reaction. You think that's to all that, wrong, but. If you made it for me, I would eat it and I'd be like, oh, that was good. I feel like I've also had beets with like orange segments in a salad. I could believe that. That e- And that's really pretty. Or like um, 
And that's what it's all about, it's folks. It's just all it's about making, making it pretty. pretty. It's so pretty. Uh, what else? Uh, beets with like beets are just really good with creamy, creamy cheeses with a decent amount of tang. We should like like a good blue cheese. So good with beets. Or if your cheese doesn't have a decent amount of tang, you can just put a spoonful <laughs> oh, of tang. tang. <laughs> um, we should do a whole episode about plating and try and just describe how we're plating things on the podcast. There will be no photos. Great. It's uh, it's just like. It's it's the this is, the it's, canvas of the mind. You know, it's going to be like a companion episode to that one where I'm just going to describe a whole bunch of New Yorker cartoons. That's exactly right. <laughs> I can't wait to do that episode. Okay, so I should what start about, stockpiling some cartoons. You should, yeah, you should start stockpiling cartoons in your bunker for when the apocalypse <laughs> comes and you need some uh, really like, low tech entertainment <laughs> involving like a dog talking. <laughs> so, what about beet greens? Do you ever uh, cook yeah, beet? Greens? Cook I think the only time I cook beet greens, and what I'm about to say could be a lie, but that's true for anything I'm about to say. I believe the Trader Joe's braising greens assortment that you get in a plastic bag oh. includes beet greens, and I love that. How can you tell the difference between a young beet green and a young charred leaf? They're very similar. I'm pretty sure charred, charred is in the beet family, so I don't know the answer to that. Huh. Wow, um, riveting. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Yeah, other members of the beet family include sugar beets. and um, <laughs> Which, hey, there's, a, gosh, all these song lyrics are coming to mind. Isn't yeah. there like a Talking Heads song where, where David Byrne says something about sugar beet? Probably. I don't know. Oh, man. It's like um, Gangster of Love or Popsicle or um, one of those. I have a really limited knowledge of, of Talking Head songs compared to you. I know the ones they play on classic rock radio, and God, that's about it. Gangster of Love is so good. It sounds good based and on Popsicle's the title. Popsicle's like really kind of raunchy. Well, speaking of lyrics, so when I went to uh, the, the local QFC to buy beats uh, for this episode, so they had some nice golden beats. The red beats they had, they had taken the tops off, and the only ones they had were kind of giant. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't buy them. But the thing I thought of immediately when I saw them was that, oh, those are those fat beats that people are always dropping. Okay, that was pretty much the response <laughs> that deserved. <laughs> so I think beets are – hold on. To talk about beet, gre beet greens Please. just for a minute – Aren't beets one of those things where, like, won't the beets stay fresher longer if you keep the greens on it? I think or, like, it's something? a myth. You think it's a myth? I think like, people... I just read something about this on Serious Eats or some similarly debunkery-focused food site. I love said... debunkery-focused food sites. <laughs> Me too. So, yeah, I think you can take them off and, and wash them, and that's fine. I usually take them off and wash them. Yeah. yeah. Beets, shirts, whatever. Yeah, underwear. Yeah. Third love bras. Take them off and wash them. Yeah, you can you can take them off. You can wash them. You can return them. <laughs> you can do whatever you would do in them. Yes, uh, beets, bras, whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. So anyway, what do you do with beet greens? Well, like I said, the only time I ever ever actually use them, you know, I'm one of these people that I buy the things with the greens attached, like at the farmer's market. I'm like, oh, I should do something with the greens, but I usually don't. Mm -hmm. um, now that I think about it, I think that I have cooked beet greens once, you know, in that sort of circumstance. And I think I did with them like a, a very basic thing where, you know, maybe I like warmed some garlic and olive oil and wilted the greens in there and tossed them with salt and lemon juice. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, it's not bad. I don't think it's my favorite kind of green, but it's tasty. I mean, they're very tender, like chard. And I, and I like chard a lot. And you're right. They're not that different. Mm -hmm. um, 
I, uh, I I made something recently. I, I I realized this is not the turnip episode, and uh, oh, you know, God. <laughs> I know we're gonna get some emails from the oh, from the uh, anti turnip people. Oh man! Uh, I made an uh, uh, recipe recently that was um, kind of sautéed baby turnips with their greens, mm-hmm. um, and that was really good. Had nothing to do with beets, but it was delicious, and I, I felt, love baby turnips. I guess the reason I told that story is that I wanted to make myself feel better for sometimes not wasting the greens. Yeah, you know, hey, did you ever read that Tamar Adler book, An Everlasting Meal? Uh, yes. You know, I so admire this, and I think we've talked about this before. Like uh, Tamar Adler would totally advocate that we come home and like separate the greens from the beets, and roast the beets, and wash the greens, and get it all ready to go. And like, I so admire that, and I don't know if I'm ever going to do it in this lifetime, Matthew. Well. I mean, we've already, based on what you said a minute ago, like, are you, do you get credit if you just come home and take off your pants? I think so. Okay. Especially if I wash them. Right. I yeah. Think, yeah. I'm not sure what kind of credit, but you certainly get some kind of credit. For oh, that. yeah. Um, what about borscht? I've never had borscht. Really? And this makes me feel like a really bad descendant of Eastern European Jews. I like borscht. I, it's not something I have I often. I always thought it sounded kind of weird and terrible. Well, the name is certainly terrible. I mean, it sound you know, it sounds like a Yiddish swear word, It right? does. It does. Um, but, you know, especially if it has a little meat in it, um, that Meat uh, in it? That oh, seems sure. so weird. Oh, no, no, like a borscht with beef is great. Oh, I can't even picture this. Would you make borscht for me someday? Sure. I, I think I may have made it once. Poss- I've made it either zero or one times. I'm not sure which. Um, I know uh, our friend Neil Robertson once made me some borscht. So the answer is yes, I will make you borscht. It may be my uh, virgin borscht voyage as well. (laughs) Um, I mean, I've eaten it. I don't know if I've made it. So what is it that makes... Maiden voyage is the term I was looking for. What is it that makes borscht not just... It just seems like pureed beets or like beet juice. And it just sounds so sweet and, and muddy. Um, well, I mean, it certainly has a lot of beet flavor to it. There's something, you know, the, the flavor of beets kind of mellows and rounds out when they're long cooked with liquid like that, like so many things do. Sorry, we have a guest star today. Yes. The young June Pettit. Is in the studio. I'm opening a granola bar for her. Yeah, she's she's much more uh, uh, famous and well-loved than us, and that's why we're not letting her get on mic. It's true. It's true. I just know she'll steal the show. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, and like a little meat will give it some savoriness that offsets the sweetness. You can put some acid in there for sure, like some lemon juice. Um, we'll 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 have a borscht fest at some point. Okay, we'll, okay. maybe we'll do like a whole. Let's like, do a whole borscht episode. Yeah, or maybe just like a, a you know un uh, unappreciated underappreciated soups episode. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> like a borscht, a uh, uh, vichyssoise. Amazing, Those are like the... a like a cold cucumber soup, uh-huh. maybe. Um, in uh, one of the Lemony Snicket series of unfortunate events books, um, there's a whole running joke about cold lime stew that um, <laughs> not a real thing, but I kind of wish it was. Um, whenever you say borscht, it makes me think that you're about to launch into like a Swedish chef style, like borscht, borscht, borscht. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You know what is one of the more notable things about beets, and I can't believe we've covered it. We have not covered this yet. It's sure. like what it does to your excrement. Oh, and not not just your excrement, but also your um, all all of your effluent, <laughs> all, all of your various stuff that comes out. Yeah. So. I mean, I, to me, like the beet pee is almost scarier than the beet you know, poop, I right? Don't, I don't often have beet pee. 
I've definitely had it. And, and yeah. And it's terrifying. There's there's a Portlandia sketch about this where someone calls 911 and says, like, you know, there was blood everywhere. And then and the 911 operator says, like, did you eat a salad? Did, did, did it have goat cheese? You know, it turns out it's always beets. <laughs> um, I find beet poop to be a little scarier. Of because course. Even though it's kind of like it, generally it, it's like poop with like a halo, a magenta halo. Yes. And there's something. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's so unnerving. You just you're faced with your mortality every yeah, time you eat beets. Exactly. Wait, yeah, which is worse, beet poop or asparagus pee? I'm so used to asparagus pee. Yeah, I have it true. frequently. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I could take one bite of asparagus and have asparagus Absolutely, pee. Absolutely, for sure. Some the, the thing, well, I guess we talked about this on the asparagus episodes when you forget you ate asparagus. And, and then you're like, like whoa. Um, yeah, but with beets, it's worse because you're like, whoa, I'm going to die. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, so anything else about beets? Um, I don't think so. I, oh. I mean, I actually, like, th- when we first talked about doing a beets episode, I just sort of didn't know what we were going to talk about. And the truth is, is like... And that's why we had to quit halfway through. And that's why we had to quit halfway through because we were like, time to to brainstorm. Um, No, but like beets are so... You can get them in so many forms. It's kind of crazy. They're like a very versatile food. Two quick things we didn't talk about. One, we didn't mention Kyoja beets. Oh, yeah. I don't know how to say it. I think I think you're onto something there. <laughs> yeah, Kyoja. I, I could be onto something. Um, uh, the stripy ones. The stripy ones. Uh, do you think? I don't know if they taste much different from a golden beet. Oh no, I don't think so. And the and the stripes kind of fade when you cook them. Yeah, but they're um, so pretty. Yeah. Uh, and then this one of the best beet torpedo I beets. Ever ha- what is that? Just like a long skinny beet, like a. Yeah. Like a torpedo onion, but it's a beet. What? <laughs> is there anything special about it or just it's fun to say so. torpedo it's just, beet? It's just fun to say. All right. Mm-hmm. The other thing is um, there's this restaurant in Seattle. I don't know if they still serve this dish. I haven't been there in a while. I'm um, called Harvest Vine. It's a Spanish restaurant. And they served this beet salad that was thin slices mm-hmm. of beets like fanned out totally over a plate. It's like a yes. car- almost like a carpaccio of beets, but That's they're exactly cooked. exactly it with, with lots of Spanish olive they're oil cooked, and right? coarse salt. Yes, they're cooked. It's one of their signature things. I assume they still have it. It's great. Yeah, it's so, so simple. Yeah, you can make I, it at home quite easily. I mean, I imagine that a lot of it is about the quality of the olive oil, frankly. Oh, for but sure. it's so delicious. Yeah, I don't think we've done an olive oil episode yet. I think we keep talking about it. And we're like, are we going to have to buy a bunch of olive oil? Like, it what if we so say something daunting. stupid? Yeah, what, if, what, if, what if we... What if we? What? Yeah. What if we did that? You know what? It just occurred to me. Did we talk about raw beets at all? Like people love, uh, you know, like uh, I think like getting a salad at like the co-op or something. Very often it'll have like raw grated beets and or like we didn't talk about beet juice. Like, oh, I I don't know how I feel about raw beets. I mean, I think they're fine, but can you use beet juice like as a dye? I think. I mean, you're think so. you're the dyer. I am kind of into natural dyeing. Yeah, for sure. What what have you dyed recently? <laughs> um, I have pretty much uh, dyed exclusively at home with a, with powdered quebracho red. What does that mean? It's some sort of it, it's a naturally derived pigment. Mm-hmm. And then I have also dyed with like whole flowers and plants. Sure. Like like you know. <laughs> Question to listeners: Is anyone surprised to hear this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, speaking of oh, listeners, God. Um, I want to I want to thank a couple of listeners. So on a recent episode, I don't remember which one. <laughs> it we, was hummus. It was hummus. Okay, uh-huh. we asked people. Um, I, I don't remember why we said this. We asked people to go onto iTunes and leave us a review saying, "I love this show. It's better than Planet Money." I didn't think anyone was going to do it. So two listeners took up the challenge. 
Uh, one was listener Snidget1025, and the other was Byzantinople. <laughs> so thank you, Snidget1025 and Byzantinople. Uh, thank for... you also for choosing those names so that yes. Matthew could say them. I was so excited. I just want to say Snidget1025 over again. Snidget1025. So, yeah, if you have Snidget a hilarious name, like, is there something else we should be telling people to do? I mean, now that we know that Snidget and Byzantinople will do our bidding, like, <laughs> can we get them to, like, bump off some of our enemies? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yes, I mean, as you know, our, our arch enemy is the sporkful. Um, don't do anything. We're, don't they're, they're do anything nice to Dan people. Pashman. Dan Pashman, you're so nice. Hey, we didn't just put a hit out on you, despite <laughs> what you may think. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Third Love. Third Love's 24-7 t-shirt bra might be the most comfortable bra you'll ever own. And to get your hands on one, no charge, go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk and get a 30-day free trial. If you love it, keep it, and they'll charge your card. If you don't love it, send it back. Your card will not be charged a thing. That's thirdlove.com slash spilled milk. We also want to thank listener Erica for creating the spilled milk drinking game. If you oh, go my to- God. And there has been an opportunity today for drinking uh, during, the, during the show. <laughs> well, no, there, you did something today that fit in with the the old theme of, oh, we mentioned your parents. We mentioned Judy we Amster. Yep. Part of the, the spilled milk drinking game that Erica came up with, which you can see on our Facebook page. Which is Facebook.com slash spilled milk podcast. Yeah. One of, one of the drinking uh, opportunities is whenever we mentioned Judy Amster. Yep. You can also find us uh, on the web at spilledmilkpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Um, where we'll link to some recipes, maybe. Yeah, or that Portlandia sketch, I'm sure. Um, a picture that I took of a bleeding beet that yeah. was really gross. Yeah. Uh, and until next time, uh, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. I feel like I have to make a beat pun at this point. Like, Oh my God, there have been so many beat puns. <laughs> I don't think there are any left. I think that we have like used up every beat pun in the world You're right wrong. now. Thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. <laughs> the beat goes on. Uh, I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amsterbert. We could save time. I could just start the episode by myself. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.